about to witness the awesome uh, crushing might of uh, the UGS Robinson show. Stop Welcome, my friends, to a show that seemingly never sort of ends. I'm your host, Eugene S. Robinson. This is version a two, a hundred, a hundred. You stuck here for many, many a show. Nah, nah, nah. How many weeks are in a year? Ah, ah, ah. Oh, you don't know. You don't know how good of a weekend this has been. <laughs> but first, we're going to have Bob Riley sing us in as he has since 2007. This song is called Intro All of Nothing. It's from The Calling of the Just, a CD I put out for Stigmata. Still available from Revelation Records. <laughs> Revelation Records, Huntington Beach, California, where they shoot your death in a nightclub, hit your car with a hammer, and run your mayor pro tem out of town. Listen to Bob Riley. Yeah, I can't find the other ones. I lost them. Listen to Bob Riley. Sing us in. Listen well. I could not see so clear. I'm taking a real good look at you. I'm taking a real good look at your face. So being paid back and forth, oh, it's nothing. My friends, I don't know what to tell you. You know, there's a word called schadenfreunde, and and far be it for me to have any of it. You know, I'm the very spirit and the soul of kindness and empathy. Very spirit and soul, the kindness of empathy. And, you know, it's not like I like to see my enemies take one in the keister. Far be it for me to set up the lights and the cameras as my enemies take it in the keister. Far be it for me to set up the cameras and the lights and then do a show and then Instagram and Facebook it and then tweet it out to people about my enemies taking it in the keister. Far be it from me. It's not my style. It's absolutely not my style. <laughs> Pinko, P-I-N-K-O, 95014 at yahoo.com. If you want to go the PayPal route and PayPal, there's no amount that's too small. One of you sent me 395. I don't know why 395, but I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Uh, Cash App or Venmo, I can't remember which, dollar sign Planet Oxbow or Venmo or Cash App, one of the others, Eugene hyphen Robertson hyphen 28 or Patreon.com slash The Stomper. I'm almost professional with this. And also we have an additional thing. And I don't want to spend too much of the time on, too much of the show on this. Okay. And now, now let me explain a little bit of what I have here. 
if you see the discoloration, for those of you just listening on SoundCloud, I'm holding up about a, do I have a ruler here? I do have a ruler here. Let's measure it. If I can get the ruler out without destroying half the house. Let's try that. Okay. So, because I want to be exact. And, uh, you know, I'd like you to, I'd like to say this is the ruler I use for measuring my penis, but it is too small. <laughs> Sorry to go fraternity on you. Go ahead, red hot chili peppers on you. I couldn't resist. All right. So this is a eight and a half inch size, uh, 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 eight and a half inch piece of brown belt. And I, I'm going to give you the Reader's Digest version. So at one point I was like, yeah, yeah, it's one thing to be able to tap each other out. I got something new going. And what's that? I go, I'm going to take your stripe. Get a stripe on your belt. We roll together. I'm going to take it. So Mansion Mike, and now I feel terrible about this, even though I'm mentioning it now on the show like it's a it's a point of comedy. Mansion Mike loses two stripes on his blue belt to me. And I thought, like, for sure, Sorrell would give it back to him. But Sorrell says, you lose things in life, you don't get them back. And so after that, people started fighting a lot harder for their stripes. And then I took one off of Klaus, the Coke dealer. Ah. And then I said, I went through a thing where I felt bad, right? So then I had two stripes on my brown belt. Accidentally, the belt got in the wash. It came out of the wash. One stripe was gone. So I go in the train and I go, I'm going to take a stripe off of somebody because I need a stripe. That's just the way life works in America. You know, my needs outpace. And this, this show, it's a raga. You will call this in literary terms foreshadowing. My personal needs outpace your personal needs as far as I'm concerned. So I go to roll with a, a, a Marty G. And he's doing something. He's, I don't know what he's doing. He's much better than me. I don't know what he's doing. And at the end, end, of, the, end of the roll, I was like, ah, well, I didn't get your stripe. But I looked down and like David Blaine, he managed to get my stripe. I was like, ah. So not only did he manage to get it, but somehow during the course of the roll, he got it across the room. And I'm not a moron. Maybe he threw it or passed it to you know, one other guy, and the guy gave it to Mike, the co- Mike Mansion Mike. So Mansion Mike gets his stripe back by way of, well, and I was like, oh, oh, so you want to play that game? So Marty says, you should stop now. I go, fuck you. And I so I take his stripe. I take a stripe off of Marty. He goes, that's fine. So then the black section of the belt around which, around which the white tape goes to denote a, a degree, a stripe, is gone <laughs> somehow, somehow marty g managed to take, take the whole black thing up and i was like well you know whatever okay and then i get it I, he goes you should stop now i go fuck you i'm going and so then i get the second stripe off of marty g's belt so now marty g has no more stripes on his brown belt and i have no more stripes in my brown but i think i got him so i had the last word i win well, you know, I go to put my belt on a couple of days later. I don't even think about it. Put my belt on, and the belt seems to be shorter. <laughs> I didn't even figure that out. I said, Mo, you mother. You, you took my belt home, you cut it, and you brought it back. 
Because for a couple of days there, I had a belt that was clearly, it was an A1, way too short. And they said, no, no, don't be an idiot. Belts are diff- different belts of different sizes. And I go, no, no, that's not. That. And so, like, I insisted. I insisted. I go, some David Blaine devil magic. And they said, okay, okay, wait, 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 wait. <laughs> Do you mean to suggest that a guy that you trained jujitsu with took your brown belt, took it all the way home in his busy schedule of QAnoning or whatever Marty G does in his private time? He cut it. Got a sewing machine, re-sewed it, swapped the belts just to get you. And I go, it makes as much sense as in, <laughs> oh, of course, of course. This is not even, <laughs> hey, if I, should get, if I should get you in a crooked head scissor or I mount it up and I'm about to, to yank your arm into a, 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 a Kimura, you got to believe I'm singing the ball song as I bounce my testicles off the side of your face. You got to know. Yeah, let me tell you, once you train at the Sorrow Academy, you can't train anywhere else. Because the pressure to become an animal at other places. Like, I went to the, 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 the place with the Meow Brothers in New York, and I was exhausted afterward. Not from the workout, but from the amount of effort it took to stay normal. <laughs> It was it was exhausting. You know, there are plenty of guys from our place who go to other schools and they were like, Yeah, it was really weird. Like people were nice and respectful and and uh you know really seemed interested in learning and not just punishing each other and you know, they so they had a nice saying, you know, leave your ego at the bring it in. But he once he articulates it, it sounds crazy that he would take it home, but the belt doesn't fit. And they're like, You're just getting fatter. Well, I stand on the scale, and I'm 222. Your connection is unstable. Please wait while we try reconnecting. Well, if you can't hear me, say something. Otherwise, I'm going to continue forwarding ahead. Of course, if you can't hear me, you won't know to say anything. <laughs> so how about if you can hear me, say you can hear me. Although, okay, it's it, it, the sign is gone. So uh, I, I realize I've also bought a new gi, right? I bought a new gi. Excuse you. I'll tell you what, what what's wrong is wrong and right. And so I go, okay, good, 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 good. And then Marty G comes in and uh, brings this. And he's like, uh, now it's like the illusionist. Did I cut it? Did I cut another belt? I measure it out. It makes perfect. I believe this is my belt. So then a guy says there, uh, uh, the morbidly obese, uh, brutal Romanian says, I'll pay $50 for that. Well, I talk about it at the end of last week's show and said, we're going to auction this off. Of course, Marty G says on Monday, I watched your fucking stupid show and you did the auction wrong again. And I go, well, I don't, how do, how do auctions work? He goes, you do the auction at the top of the hour, mention it at the beginning of the show. People will, in the comments, will bid on this. And I go, that would be fine. But one of you who will remain nameless just went all whole hog and said, I will give you $1,600 for this. This happened in DMs after last week's show. $1,600, I'm not the best in math, but it best $50 by 
a bit. <laughs> so I said, okay, if you PayPal me that money before the next show, man will be nameless. Uh, it's yours. Well, the, he he didn't uh, he didn't he 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 never came through with the fifteen hundred dollars. So here we go. Eight and a half inches. <laughs> this, is, this is Marty G. So weird. Why eight and a half inches? Why not nine or whatever? Seven, eight and a half, eight and a half inches of my brown belt sands the stripes. <laughs> Auctioned off on this show. If you care to own this. You know I hate going to the I hate going to the uh, post office, but I did it for Mr. JW. I did it for Nancy, and I'll do it for you. And I'll even throw in an extra if you bid better than fifty dollars. Otherwise, it goes for it goes to Count Chocula. That's the Romanian. So now I, I've done. I've essentially made a 10, 13 minute fucking commercial, and I got to get right to the show. So um, I'm guessing. Uh, like when Pee Wee Herman got busted for masturbating in the movie theater, one of the first things he said when he got on David Letterman later was, heard any good jokes lately? <laughs> yeah. And that's, like, interestingly enough, what I feel like saying right now. Listen, I know I, know I shouldn't be laughing. Because this is a, a General George Custer laugh. By which I mean... I'm laughing, but it's not funny. Now, go. I was gripping for this fight like I had not gripped. And I have to say, honest to God, right now, the increase in the price of the fight, I'm not saying I know people who watch it illegally. I'm not saying I watch it illegally. I am saying... I am saying I registered a vote yesterday by paying the $75 because I don't want any, any Monday morning quarterbacking that involves a take on uh, Francis Ngannou regarding moving needles. He doesn't move needles. He's asking for more money. Sean O'Malley's piling on. They're running co-intel right now where the headline says, Daniel DC says to Ngannou, don't touch my face. <laughs> Complete media distortion in this instance about what actually occurred. It was all done in jocularity, and they mention it, and based on the photos, now you expect there's going to be some heat exchange. Nah, 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 nah. Klaus Nomi was great. I actually saw him at the Mud Club. It was a fantastic time. Sad to see him go. So. So, I you know, you have to, and let me read something else to you, because it sets up about, I tell you, buffering. Sorry. From my side, it is, it's all right. Uh, I'm going to read something to you that I found absolutely fucking heartbreaking in, in a very strange way, right? Uh, do I need the glasses to read this? I don't. I get in this sport. I didn't grow up dreaming about this sport. I just got into it because it was fun and all that stuff. Uh, then you get to the point that you that you kind of find yourself at that point in the sport when it's not fun, where it's not fun, which is frustrating, kind of messes with your mind. Something that was reported by DC and some other 
uh, company people. Well, we don't know if Francis is going to pull us out because he. I'm, I'm, I'm hearing stuff about his head, about his head. It kind of messes with your mind, but I'm pretty good trying to stay focused. Just think about the sport and nothing around it and hope that things are going to go right. Period. End quote. Francis Ngannou. At the presser that the bald one deemed not necessary to attend. At the presser that he, breaking his usual habit, doesn't show up at. You know, you know, this is this is the danger. <laughs> this is the danger, right? There is a there is a great scene that somebody sent me from New York City subway, 96th Street or something like that, up near the Natural History Museum. Two guys get into a fight. A clearly much more physically able, maybe 29, 30-year-old African-American gentleman and and some, you know, slightly paunched out Upper West Side white cat. I say this because any New Yorker understands exactly what I'm talking about. The story would not, you, you wouldn't be able to pay attention to the rest of the story unless you some sort of race, class, you know, caste denomination. So. It's a game of pity, Pat. It's pretty clear that the black guy doesn't want to fight because he doesn't want to hurt the guy. So the guy makes a lunging, lunging right, right, uh, uh, um, uh, right cross, and the black cat just sidesteps it like a toreador, and the white cat goes falling onto the train tracks. And then, of course, the black cat who ducked the shot goes up to the edge of the train tracks helps pull the guy up and the guy after the guy's there is clearly hurt from the fall a little bit and he's dusting his clothes off and the black guy's like kind of shakes his hand like you okay okay and then presumably they go back to waiting for the train <laughs> now this reminds me of a friend of mine watches a caltrans which is a train that runs here in california and black guy and white guy. And they get into a fight and they do the customary, I'm ripping off the hat. I'm ripping off the gloves. I'm ripping off my vest. I'm ripping off my shirt. And then they start to duke. And about 20 seconds in, they're so incredibly tired. They're like, <sighs> and then they put back on the hat. And then they put back on the vest. And then they put back on the gloves. They put back on the shirt. And then they go back to work. <laughs> now, there's some people, there's some people who would help the person who's fallen on the tracks. In fact, Hitler, there was a village that said, we're going to be non-aligned. Can't Donna Shalai let me on my own show. Any soldiers that make their way to our hospital with some religious order, we're going to take care of them. Hitler writes him a letter. said, thank you for taking care of our soldiers. But more importantly, thank you for encouraging the other side to not fight. You didn't have to go back to the front if you didn't want to. You just stay in the hospital forever. You got to understand there is a spirit for whom no pettiness is too small. In fact, I have come to the conclusion that based on a Middle Eastern adage, that maybe that's the right way to think about things. You know the story about the father comes home, says to his sons, my God, somebody stole one of our chickens. And the sons are like, big deal, dad, forget about it. They come back the next day, another chicken is stolen, another chicken is stolen. They took all the livestock, they burned the crops, they raped and killed the female members of the family. And then the father goes, see? There's, maybe this is total war. Maybe that's what this is. You know, maybe he's pulling an AI. Show up at the presser, why should I? 
why should I? Which is why I'm saying we're laughing, but it's not funny. The best of all possible outcomes presaged on other shows was that Francis Ngannou, the non-company guy, the guy that they've been militating against for months now, the guy that they reamed by creating some sort of, you know, interim championship thing, you know, that guy. And okay, you could say deck chairs in the Titanic. You could say, listen, we had to do that because we're contractually obliged to give ESPN a certain number of championship fights. It was just an easy take given the fact that the guy couldn't really get to it as soon as we wanted to and we needed that we needed to have that booked. Okay, suppose that is the case. Suppose that is the case. You take what I have to say, it was a boring Cyril gone. Okay, let's let's chalk it up to his youth. I know uh, we don't have to get ad hominem about it. I thought it was a boring fight up to now. I love their video packages. You see, you you're crazy. You watch those you watch those UFC video packages, you lose your mind. You think you're watching the second coming of Hercules or something, watching those man, and, and let me tell you something. They drop, they drop, um, they they drop frames to speed it up. Filters and stuff, whatever. So they've been working against this guy for a long time for having the temerity to say when Johnny Boney Jones says, This is the fight to make after it beat Stipe. Well, can we get paid for this? Do you know, I, I don't have the exact figures here. Do you know that the total the total payout for the fight, for, for the, what did I have, 14 fights and two dropped out, so 12 fights, was like $1.4 million. You know? It, it, you know how much money was actually made? <laughs> not even, the, the pay-per-view numbers are not even in yet. I'm just talking about in the, at the Honda Center, like five mil. I mean, listen, you know, I've talked, I've talked about, I've talked to, you know, I've talked about the, uh, you know, the house painting thing where the guy paid me $300 to power wash and said, you know, how much you get? Five grand. And he felt bad and had to pay me out. But the reality of it was I was perfectly happy for that. He anticipating my potential unhappiness decided to pay me off. What he didn't do is say, Hey, Eugene, go suck a dick. He didn't say that. He didn't say, Eugene's having head problems. He didn't say that. He said, Eugene's free to power wash any other house in this neighborhood he wants. He didn't say that. He didn't put the belt on the guy. Listen, when I was editor-in-chief of Code Magazine, I made a deal with him. Larry Flint wanted to pay me. He wasn't one. I was making more money at Apple. I don't have to talk about the amounts. Well, we could talk about the amounts. I was making I was making a hundred grand at Apple at the time. Larry Flint wanted to pay me eighty to editor in chief his magazine. I go, I can't. Full time, I can't. He goes, I'll give you ninety. I said, can't, man. I'm making a hundred at Apple. Who does that? Who get quits a hundred thousand dollar year job to take a ninety thousand dollar year job that's speculative at best? And they go, okay, okay, we'll give you 105. I go, you know what? I don't want 105 because you're going to be so angry and resentful that when you pay me, you'll be so angry and resentful that we're not going to have a good relationship. Tell you what we're going to do. Give me 90, okay? I'll do the job. I'm not going to quit Apple. I'll do two jobs. You got nothing to lose. You pay no health care insurance for me. You pay, you, you don't pay, I don't get holidays. I don't pay parking. You don't have anything. 
All I need is a place to stay when I'm down here, which I'm sure you got corporate apartments. And uh, and you can pay me whatever you would to 90 that makes you happy. And if it works, you just stop it. Make me, you know, editor at large and I'll contribute a little bit. And if it doesn't, if, if it doesn't work, if it does work, it's a win-win. Everybody's happy. I'll come, I promise to come down a couple times a week. So I would, my, so my whole work week became a seven day work week, which you could do at Apple. You could say, yeah, I'll be here Saturday, Sunday. And, and then, so I was like three days in LA, four days, four days in the Bay area, back and forth, seven days a week. All right. And that worked because they, 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 they were happy. They were happy. I was happy. You know, my family life suffered substantially. <laughs> if you're working seven days a week, it, you know, but the thing is you, you came to an agreement. You don't want people to be angry and resentful. Withholding, angry, and resentful. And out of all the people who would, it would be Flint. A multimillionaire would be cranky about 10 grand. I understand budgets, that I understand. Doesn't show up to the presser. Hasn't had a response. And now is playing, I'm the the good, how are you going to play good cop? How are you going to play good cop, good cop, bad cop, when there are no good cops? (laughs) He's like, well, you know, I'm not mentioning Jones because who knows where Jones's head is at? Everybody? Everybody knows where Jones's head is at. Anybody who is able to employ the faculties of sight and, and hearing and reading. Everybody, there is no confusion about where Johnny Boney Joni is. You know, and, and this is, keep in mind, this is, this is a negotiation. This is, this is not, this is not, you know, this is not slavery. It's like, can I have more money? No. Okay, you're going to show up for work for less money? No? Okay. And, and the bald one has had the, had the, again, the balls to remind us what he's done already. I've been doing this for 20 years. This is the way negotiation works. Really? That's right. Yeah. Thanks for reminding me. Because that, that Fedor Randy Couture fight was smoking. Oh, wait, wait, that, that never happened. That never happened. Do you want to go down the list of fights that could have been made that didn't happen because you're as big of a sport killer as Don King? Somebody in the same breath was talking about you and Don King, that fighter essentially justifying it along the lines of what Lloyd Price told Don King that changed Don King's worldview, which is fundamentally fighters come and go, you remain. Which is almost true if you can believe if you can if you can be in that position and actually not hear you're the star. Dana White contenders series. I'm quite sure the rest of us could live the entire remaining portions of our lives without ever having that bald-headed goof interfere or intercede or play in. Look, he's done an amazing thing. From a cardio kickboxing karate to a billionaire guy. Built a great organization. Or did he? Or did he? 
I mean, let's not get crazy with this hagiography. Let's not get crazy with this idea that he did. Randy Couture said about fighting Leota Machida right before here, he said, it was like I was standing still in there. It wasn't like he had aged overnight. This fast-moving, evolutionary thing that was created, you know, um, back in the 1990s, it, it is, it's a, it's a think tank for combat sports. This guy, like somebody once said, the counter co-intel pro, that you don't, that you, that you don't, you know, uh, uh, counterintelligence propaganda that you don't see because it's not nearly fueled by as big of a company is that somebody said recently he, he didn't do anything. He's not a fighter. I think it's a guy from one championship said this about, about the bald one. Not a fighter. He's a businessman. Did nothing. He did nothing. The sweat equity put into it by these cats who like, Okay, before you could tap somebody, you know, you could fight again, tap somebody with a lapel choke, a loop choke. You know, Henzo said, the game has evolved. This fast-moving, super-sophisticated evolutionary thing has happened to the sport. No thanks to you. Not because of you. Yeah, it's nice to have, but when you have fighters who are getting paid $12,000 and had to temporarily put... Uh, uh, on ice their career as a stripper why are you advancing this story through your organs as though this was some kind of success somebody said it best on my twitter machine you know stipe you mean the full-time fighterman who's a part-time fighter spin that any way you like oh he just wants to give back to the community spin that any way you like that's not that I'm not buying it. So now, if you're paying attention to John Nash, John Nash has been tweeting some interesting stuff about with one fight left on, on Francis Ngannou's contract. Keep in mind, this guy shows up with an ACL and an MCL tear. I'm not, I'm not, not clear whether it was on both legs or one in each leg, whether he wore the knee braces on both legs to create the veil of confusion, if it was one leg or both legs. But I have had the experience of a torn, uh, uh, what, let's see, medial uh, and anterior. And I did the medial third show in a place called Rennes in a Brittany in France. That's when I was 265. I thought rock and roll rules, 265, jumped up in the air and came down in kind of like a yoga squat. So if you looked at it above, my legs looked like uh, Ws. So my knees were planted, but my feet were splayed out to the side. And over the loud sounds of Oxbow music, I actually, under my skin, heard pop! Medial collateral ligament shot. Third show of a Actually, third show, this was the longest tour we did. It must have been 1995 for Serenade in Red. Uh, I realized it. Finished the show. Got in the van to drive to the next city. Said, I got to sit in that front seat, man. My leg, something's wrong with my leg. It was a pain like I'd never felt before. I duct taped the knee, had to shave. That's why I started shaving my legs before every tour. 
because the first I didn't think about, I had to duct tape my leg and go, oh shit, I actually do have hair on my legs. Tore it off, it was misery. Shaved my legs around the knees and that looks too weird. So I just shaved the whole leg before a tour so I could tape, duct tape my leg. Any drive over two hours, I'd have to walk around a parking lot for 20 minutes. That's right. That's right. Walk around a parking lot. Not fight a 247-pound professional fighter who's never lost a fight. But that guy knew what some people have forgotten, that bargaining chips are everything. And in a certain way, like the way I, I used to fight when I fought MMA, I like the built-in excuse. Because then I, I know psychologically, I said, well, you know, I wasn't 100%. But he also knew something else, that he was dead and buried. Dead and buried without that. And also, what he did, not only did he shit on, did he did he completely derail his hype train, which was, you know, I'm not taking anything away from Gon. This is not about Gon versus Nganu. This is about the man. He opened the door into what, what was not a surprise to anybody. You think Cain Velasquez is sitting at home going, man, this game has really passed me by. You think Brock Lesnar is sitting at home thinking, man, this gone guy, he's great. Nobody had seen him on the ground. Yeah, they roll out those clips where he's submitting guys on the ground. Very different. Very different. You got top position. Very different. Then if you're under 257 pounds of, of angry Cameroonian. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Exactly. No, nah, you know, John and Steph were like, they both picked Gon to win. And, and you know, Steph was working hard to convince me, oh, the, the technical. He was, and if you listen to that, to that Hogan rebop, oh, he moves like a welterweight. And he's got fast and he's got, uh, this is not going to fool a Corleone. <laughs> not going to fool us. Look, <laughs> good. Guy's got lots of potential. And even as it stands now, he's executive level gatekeeper. At this point, number two, or number one challenger, the C by Ngano's name, so one by his name, me, Ramon, he turns around and he faces the rest of the field that he hasn't beaten. But <laughs> the rest of that field that he hasn't beaten, you know, championship through number 10 or number 15, if any of those cats are grapplers, He's done. So he's got a certain amount of time. I don't know how long they're going to put him out, had him sit out for a medical clearance, but he he's pretty much needs a, <laughs> that door has been not cracked open. That door, like Chomps that, well, we don't really know. The fights have been so short. We don't know what he knows. Well, well he's done all these in wrestling. He's done all these competitions. Yeah, we got it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we don't know. Well, with Gone, now we know. So that, that, that hype train is smoking. He's still an executive level gatekeeper. He's not in the phantom toll booth. He's not wondering, well, who am I going to fight next? But he's not getting the pick of He's like, he's like, I want to fight Johnny, but, you know, sit down, look at your number, be happy that it's number one. You know what? Take your number one and go sit next to Todd Duffy. If you want to get lippy with me. 
Now, I understand I've been close to some of these teams before, and I understand when you have strong personalities as well as cats who can back that shit up that you have to be a martinet. You have to be a strict disciplinarian, otherwise things get... But we're not talking about that now. We're not talking about, hey, I want 45 fucking front row seats for my friends. Fuck you. I want you to pay for my entourage. Fuck you. What, I got to pay for food? We're not talking about that. We're talking about crunching of raw numbers. And again, I'm sure every business rule in America allows you to justify exactly precisely what you've done. Just like I could walk out in the streets right now with a plate full of poop, go, here's 10 bucks, eat it. Nah, I'm not going to do 50 bucks, eat it. Nah, I'm not going to. 10 grand, eat it. Here it is. The numbers of people who would eat a plate of poop for 10 grand, you'd be shocked. So, you know, I mean, just because he could doesn't mean he should. And just because he, he has doesn't mean he should be allowed to continue to do so. What is this this person with these? Could somebody explain to me? Booth Jessica, are you is this an attempt to hack something? The the vor dot go you know, I'm a, I'm gonna put you on timeout. Fucking around with this stupid shit. It's distracting. So so right now, and even and yeah, right now, even even you know, even uh uh the former coach that was a, a willing cat's paw, a willing cat's paw. Um, yeah. Well, it's a willing cat's paw for the Oofsies' efforts to to shit over and God. I was like, well, you know, and Francis and I, I really hope that he would come back that we could have a rapprochement. Stop it, stop it. You know who's not going to get caught out in Vegas? Francis and Ganu. <laughs> it's enemy territory. Believe nothing. Well, the thing is, if they announce an interim heavyweight title to move on from Francis, Francis is fine. I have x-rays that show ACL and MCL tear. I fought your main guy last time, so you go ahead. You you make uh, who's uh, the, some heavyweight prospect that people love, uh, whatever. What they probably could do is park that shit with Derek... Uh, uh, Derek Lewis, perennial fan favorite and and real able adjuster to get people to forget about injustice because he's got a great story. He's a good guy and we all love him. And it would be like about his time. That'd be a smart move. Park it with him and you work out. Now, keep in mind, I don't want to say that the Ubald one is a hardhead, but history has been an indicator that he let some of the biggest fights in history go to make a point. Does he still can need to continue to make that point? Were the market conditions the same now as they were when he shit over uh, uh, Finkelstein's efforts to, to get an uh, equity share for the fight with uh, Theodore and, and Randy? Has it changed? It may have changed, but the man's mind hasn't changed. So he get the surgery to repair. Let me tell you, they told me I didn't have any surgery. I duct taped my leg for the 12-week tour. Never had surgery on it and continued to have problems with the leg. At this point in time, 
I can't tell without looking at the scar that I got when I ruptured my uh, quadricep sparring with uh, Kung Lee, but it's my left leg. And that was a leg that went out. So like Andy Warhol getting shot by Valerie Solano and then ultimately dying 30 years later from gallbladder things that were complications from the shooting. This is the same thing. I get the, the ruptured quadricep tendon, but of course it came from the earlier, the earlier Oxbow show deal. They told me when I got the ruptured quadricep tendon, you should be, you should be up and about by nine months. I was, uh, I don't know. I was maybe 40 then. And it took twice that time, but I, I was at top doctors. I was still going to work. I was still doing, going to the gym and, you know, self-care, whatever. Ngannou might be in time to, 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 to have a late 2022 engagement with Johnny Boney Joni. Now he's saying he doesn't care. Don't believe that for a second. It's like the, it's like the red skull in the cosmic cube. He cares. Just can't seem to, now we're in the negotiation phase. Can't seem to care too much. He cares. Johnny Boney Joni is now on the Twitter machine going, this is the best you've got. And I have to tell you, I have to tell you, he beats them both. <laughs> he beats them both. He be, you know, He's talking smack on the Twitter machine, but if you didn't see what we all saw, and, and, and that's it, this is mixed martial arts, and these guys, they talk about, oh, somebody recently said, Johnny Boy Jr. is the best striker. And I go, how can you be called the best striker if you never knocked anybody out? And I go, huh, I've never knocked anybody out. <laughs> I knocked a guy down with a, a, a slap and he was not in his right mind, but he was still talking to me after I slapped him. No, no. Lorenzo and, and, and Frank Fertitta, they're gone. They're gone. Uh, actually, uh, the Let Me Be a Woman U.S. Vinyl for Oxbow, they are 43 copies left. In the first 24 hours, they sold 400 and, well, the, when I asked for an accounting, he goes, man, we only got 48 left. And then I asked him another time, then he goes, 43. And then I was like, I don't want it. This is going to be painstaking. I went out and bought some myself because I'm tired of like, oh, well, maybe if there's another printing, you're going to get. And I told him, sell them all, sell them all. I said, screw that. I'm gonna, I bought my own. Now, if you're overseas, people, people, somebody, a woman who's overseas complaining, a woman who I know to have no visible means of employment and who jet sets all around the world, was complaining about having to pay $20 for shipping. I was like, yep, it's costly. Making the record costly, being in a band costly, not stealing the music and instead getting the reissue costly. What that what can I tell you? So, um, so Lorenzo is not involved. It is it is the bald one unchecked, and Ari doesn't know shit about the sport. You know, he likes to make the scene, and then, so you know, listen, the way out for okay, I don't want to talk about Francis quite yet. So, so. It depends. The market conditions are different now. And he's in a different place as a human being now. But there is going to still be the urge to show them. And believe me, believe me, he would have continued to do. This is not just race fueled. I don't think he gives a buy to uh, 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 accused anal rapist Connor, Connor McNuggets because he's white. I think I think uh, uh, accused anal rapist Connor uh, McNuggets 
is in an interesting position because he's barreled because of these rape accusations and the continuing legal troubles. So he's not on Kimmel anymore. He's not on Fallon. He's not doing the he's not doing the commercials. He doesn't do the um he can't do that stuff without the accompanying side story. So in a certain way he's bridled. Not unbridled, bridled. Bridled and and bridled and maybe only partially interested in fighting. He's doing this fascist himself, a businessman, and if you think he's got his foot out of the hood and is not having business dealings with the Kinahans or forces in the Middle East, you are wrong. That's going to be the new game. Something about that makes it much easier than training seven days a week. As a man who trains seven days a week, I can tell you I'd much rather be on a super yacht. My super yacht specifically, if I had the means to have one. Actually, I would never get a super yacht. <laughs> I make jokes, but um, and I know one person, one billionaire, one billionaire can't cure the ills of a city. But I tell you, I'm sickened when I when I when I travel. And let me tell you something. I don't want to get into the finer political points of of why both political parties are using, again, the word cat's paw, the homeless issue as a cat's paw, but they don't have any real interest in doing anything about it. Because I remember a time in America when there was not this problem. So the fact that it's been allowed to continue means it's a convenient tool. Used differently by different sides, but no intent to fix it ever. And if you haven't, like I said on uh, what did I said on uh, uh, if, uh, uh, if the shoes fit this week, when I said, okay, misty as fuck, what who's this? Again? I said homeless people. If you haven't seen what's coming, if you if you if you haven't seen what, okay, that's it. You're out. Fucking redneck. Fucking fuck you. Um, you're out. And I'm gonna. I gotta. I gotta. I gotta. <laughs> I gotta uh, 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 I'm gonna report you. Uh, and there you go. Uh huh. They are vital. Violet. So they're out. Whatever. Whatever that shit was. So I mean, I, I think that. I think that. I, I. I think. Listen, Johnny Boney Joni is barreled now too but he's been public about it. I think I think it's a show world for for the showman. By which I mean I think I think the bald one will get close to paying him what he wants. But he absolutely positively uh in a very Trump like way does not does not want yeah probably yeah you're right Mr. JB probably but that be common knowledge does not at all want it to be common knowledge. There are lots of ways to get paid. They had this thing called T-Comp, if you've been in corporate America at all for the last 50 years, T-Comp. If you don't think D.C., his silence was bought through T-Comp, you'd be wrong. You know? Chel Sonnen, T-Comp. Chuck Liddell, T-Comp. It's not just the money for the fights. Matt Matt Hughes, T-Comp. He's got, he's got a, a business card that says Oopsie on it. A job from which you will not be fired. So uh, uh, it's like 
you got to understand. I had a my, my boss at Apple. My boss at Apple said the most, the most you know incredible thing to me. Said the most incredible thing to me. And what he said to me was, "You have one job and one job only." And I go, "What's that?" He goes, "Make me look good." If you do that. I'll sign along with anything you want. Anything. And he was true. He's dead now, but he was true to his word. So, you know, there are two types. If you're Johnny Boney Joni, if you're Francis Ngannou or Randy Couture back in the day, there are two types of ways to win this. And I have to say, in the Baldwin's favor in this instance, I take the quiet way which seems to be the way of the collaborator, and I'm undecided about whether that's the case. I don't think so. I see Chuck ringside seat. I know he's still working on the payroll. Who knows? Ari has seated. As long as you get an ESPN, you pay, they raise the price. Who knows? So I think that, I think that uh, you know, can you, can you, I mean, uh, I, yeah. I mean, can you work now? Because punishment, you don't, you don't put somebody in a weird moral position where this benefits me, but it doesn't benefit our collective. It doesn't help the stripper chick. It doesn't help the guy who was giving hand jobs in Japan. It doesn't help, but it helps me. I, can I really afford to care about anybody else? Can I really, now that I've got the campaign, champagne and caviar, really afford to care about anybody else? Dan Hardy got his degree in art. He was an art student. He's not hurting. But, you know, he was a sacrifice. Like the cat who got busted for for steroids. Two guys got busted for steroids uh, um, for in, the, in the past couple weeks. You know their names? No, you don't. <laughs> Johnny Barbara and then and, and Vinny Castelletti they got busted for steroids. <laughs> you think something like that's gonna fool a Corleone? Come on. Why would they get busted? Well their eyes. I kinda look. What did Usada show up? Who? What? Huh? Usada. Oh oh yeah, them. No, they they show up. <laughs> Stop it. I mean, there's so many puppets. Now, it's hard to keep your head straight around this stuff. It is really hard to keep your head straight around this stuff, right? So, you know, I'm a, I'm torn. I'm really torn because we have the history of Cal Shkalak, the guy running, leading the charge and getting fucked over. And then we got, you know, and then like Anthony Smith said about accused anal rapist Connor, Connor McNuggets. Yeah, he separated himself from the herd since he's not one of us anymore. And now that's he wants to get back. No, we remember. You want to get back? Help us. Push the Ali Act, which Jake Paul is like, okay, he's not showing up in D.C. yet, but, you know, he should put, look, look, plutocrats are going to plutocrat. Are we better off having, you know, no, because it's like, it's like a RoboCop. They'll fix it. They fix everything. But in that interregnum between them fixing it and it getting broken again, maybe, maybe some of the fish make it through. Maybe some of the fish are not gobbled down by 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 river dwelling bears. I don't know. 
I don't know. And there were other fights on the card. Listen, uh, Dave, I, and the only one other one I want to talk about, I watched every single fight on the card. Davidson Figueroa and uh, Davy Figs and uh, Moreno. Moreno has become an asshole. Mr. Is is not on the show. I told him I would talk about this. So it was, there is something about, let's call it the Ellie Nessler syndrome, where at first, initially, Ellie Nessler was a long-suffering mother of a sexually abused child from, from you know, from the rundown section of Northern California. Wrong-sided tracks, Northern California. Not the Coppola wineries, the other part. She shoots a guy who molested her son going to court and becomes a cause celeb because everybody talks about it, but Ellie Nessler did it. But the sudden blare of the Klieg lights, the spotlight of fame and attract and, and interest turned Ellie Nessler into a fucking monster. She started doing meth again, had problems and got arrested and provided a narrative that somewhere plutocrats were going like, see, you see, you can't help these people. You know, maybe her son was molested because she was already out doing meth and not being a good mom. Maybe that was it. Maybe that was fucking it. Maybe that. So, you know, so so Moreno's in there. He's with his head up and he's doing the thing and he's being the, and he's letting the sound, the roar crowd get into his head. And suddenly this is not the guy who's like, man, you don't know how hard I worked. And the really affecting guy from that last win was not the guy that we saw last night. And I was like, if there's justice in the world, this guy gets pasted. And I picked uh, Davey Figs to win. And so naturally, smashing, you know, it was much more important for me to smash John Nash and, you know, to a lesser degree, to to, to best uh, a step. But the reality of it is uh, having my card go 100%, which I think it did. I can't remember the other fights I cared about. I think I only cared about four total. was delightful. I, they both picked Gone, and they both picked Moreno. I'm not picking company guys. Despite my joking from the Tom Jode of 2022, I'm not. I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it for the same reason. After three weeks of traveling on the road, that members of Oxbow came to the conclusion that murder is wrong for reasons other than morality, because morality doesn't doesn't won't stop anybody. And it, and it and means it's philosophically incomplete when we're talking about murder or killing. And eventually we came up with a solution like a society that sanctions murder as a useful tool isn't going to be an inherently unstable society because if anybody could be murdered, we don't have any rights of continuation and nothing is guaranteed. So it's an unstable society. And so if society has one rule that must be adhered to, it is the generation of more society. And so similarly, in this case, I say, I say, look, you know, um, okay, all right, okay. Yes, my personal interests supersede my interest in your personal interest. However, we have to understand that this comes from a place of a collective. How, so they pay, this is the thing, they pay Francis Ngannou five mil for this fight, and they still pay the stripper chick 12,000 or less. Does he complain? Now, Moreno, I don't have any sense of who the company guy is, Davy Figs versus Moreno, but I, ha- I do know that Moreno needed a healthy dose of reality. And Davy Figs offering to fight the next fight in Mexico, Mexico City, it, it, a guaranteed move to make them both rich, as well as 
he 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 he's a king at that point. He's doing TV commercials. He's getting key TV shows. He's sponsoring things. At that, he's a made man at that point, Moreno. If he does that, so he can whine all he wants about how the judges were crazy. I do not believe the judges were crazy. I do. It was a simple adjustment on, on Figueredo's part to not flip out. It's a fight. At least they're not stabbing any, you know. God rest his soul, the guy, the fighter down in Brazil who just got stabbed to death multiple times in the stomach. Serves as a good reminder. Like that guy once said, I'm perfectly willing to kill anybody who thinks they're tough. So uh, Moreno, they, they was, was a good, was, I mean, there were other fights in the card that, that were, uh, that did, that should have, that I don't want to, mm, like for Vola, people are talking about, you know, and they're talking about Nergametamov with that, it was solid. But keep in mind, Stamen, the only other fight that I was super excited about was Kenny G. And I, I'm only going to call him that once because he's he's sponsored by a guy who I love, Josh Barnett's guy, Henry, who uh, who, who beat Barcellus. That was some fucking rock and roll fantasy shit. And they go, how did, this was short notice. He goes, what do you think? I'm a martial artist. What are you thinking? I'm not just an athlete who has a season. This is how I choose to live my life. And boom, in that moment, in that moment, what you start to see is the fact that in that moment, there are guys who don't give a shit how much you get paid to power wash that building. Yep. Give them $50. If they agree, they're going to do it. In fact, it's, it's, a, it's a lifestyle thing for me. I just like to power wash. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, if he's doing it, you know location it was also a bit of that is to, to punish Moreno like hey bro how do you think I felt yeah you submitted me I didn't submit you well you know what you didn't do enough to win how's that I don't know what to tell you how's that I didn't think it was robbery I didn't think it was robbery and 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 the stripper fight was great but I guarantee you her next fight they're not paying her more than 12 G's and, and, you know, to a certain degree, I understand how, how the Baldwin's thinking. He's going down that AI road. Why? 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 Why should I? Why? Why Why should I? Why should I pay more? I got a plate of poop. They're willing to eat it. Come on. I'd be a fool to do it any other way. Sorry. Had a lot of cheese. So uh, uh, you know, I, I you know I, I have to say that this was a wonderful, wonderful setup. Now, whether or not you know my dark pronouncements toward the end of 2021, whether or not we end up sitting here in 2023 invigorated by some of the fights, I, I hate to draw a line. I hate to draw a line, and the guys had such and and I'm also not judging Johnny Boney Joni harsher than you know keep in mind when people do this whole moral moral aping thing that they're following the Baldwin's lead on Johnny Boney Jody. This is not something they apply to 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 accused anal rapist uh Connor McNuggets. He's a special guy. Special like the Olympics. 
Listen, let me tell you, Johnny Bonilla's got personal problems. I think Rashad Evans said it best. He said that guy needs to take some mushrooms. I've said that over the years about certain people, some of whom are quite famous now at this point. Some of whom I've actually, oh, I just stop that story there. Some, <laughs> is it like, you know, and now that we've got kind of therapeutic, uh, uh, um, ther- therapeutic uh, in- indicators that this is actually helpful, people are going on vision quests with ayahuasca and then, uh, but uh, that's fine. It helps. And I think Rashad is 100% correct. I'm fundamentally a different person before and now. A better person. Mm-hmm. A better person. Johnny Boy and Johnny's problems are short term as far as I'm concerned, because in five years, if he's still fighting, it's not going to be a positive thing. So whether we're sitting here in 2023 talking and excited and invigorated about the sport, it still remains to be seen. And I'm going to make a bold pronouncement right now. It hinges on that fight for me. It ain't, or something that equally captures the imagination. You know, when Engano fights uh, Fury, which no sane person out there believes that he's going to win that fight. But that's not the point. Point is an easy payday for everybody. And it's a way for boxing to kind of get their, their hand on the baseball bat above MMA. And nobody gives a shit because MMA pays so poorly. We're happy to have it done, sure. Yeah, I know. I know. Johnny Bonin Johnny might not be that guy. For those listening on SoundCloud, somebody just said in the comments, psychedelics still require you to do the work before and after. Not sure if John is that guy. It depends. If he's rolling with the Mini Mark crew and he gets them all dosed up as well, you know, I had a friend who uh, dosed up with stupid guys once, and he was like, "It really makes set and setting is truer than true. It really makes a difference. It might make you more insightful, but if you're hanging out with dumbasses, that's going to be a long, slow walk." But that's a side topic. The, the issue is fights that will invigorate our interest and our belief in in the eternal nature of the struggle that's embodied by 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 hand-to-hand combat you know and keep in mind that's not george masvidal and colby crappington that's not that fight that fight though i'm excited about it represents almost the exact opposite of what i'm talking about the sense world of eternal ideas, the platonic triad of beautiful, true, and good, distilled into what we see around us. That's not what we're seeing when we look at Masvidal. That's the baser instincts. That's our lower angels. That's fine. I got you. Okay, whatever. I got you. That's cool. Have the fight. I'm excited. But that's not going to save 2022 for me. What'll save 2022 for me is those guys who are kissed by God and gifted with something to be able to elevate us outside of the sense world through a performance that they, and I think Johnny Boney Jr. will win this fight because he's primarily a wrestler. He's never knocked anybody out. So whatever the striking, I mean, he, he, he dizzified, he dizzified DC. I get that. 
But if you think he's going to go in there and like trade with either gone, no. It, why would he? It's mixed martial arts. I would see, pay to see him Greco-Roman those guys. That was a sad. That was a one sad part about yesterday is that I that I I see that again. I keep watching to see Johnny Boney Joni have to dig down more than fifty percent, and thus far only one guy's made him do that, and that was Gustafson, the Mauler, in the first fight. And like when I was, you know, like many of us who got into martial arts, you know, something bad happens to you as a kid, like with me, and you say, hmm. That's never going to happen again. Change your entire life to make that happen. Johnny Boney Jr., I think, very quickly decided, okay, that's never going to happen again. Yeah, and he fought He fought close to with Tiago and then, then the other cat. But those guys were never the same afterward. Johnny Boney Jr. maintains. Yeah, y'all, I mean... Once he gets a guy that big down, I mean, in Ganu, and I was like thinking, is this like a weird French thing where like in Ganu is like, just because the guy is like French that they're not going to, he didn't, listen, I've been in that modified referee's position and yet Gan was holding his right hand, probably holding on to the glove, but you thrust your chest forward and you start bringing those King Kong bombs up from underneath. I'll rock that guy's head back in a second. Can't Monday morning cornerback and don't know. It was a good fight. It's a good night of fights. I feel better for it. Until I start reading the, the breakout, Andreas Hale tweeted out and I retweeted. I can't know. It's 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 like terrible pornography. I can't know the provenance that I would without ruining that enjoyment. Can't. I'm stuck on the payment issue. Pay these guys. You're fucking with your brand. You're fucking with your brand. But out of ball, one thinks he knows. He's been doing it for 20 years, after all. That's like a serial rapist. And I, hey, you don't tell me. I've been serially raping fighters since, since 1992. I don't need your advice here. Okay. All right. This is more about, this is more about Walt's feet. Yeah, I know it's only about Walt. It's about hearts and minds. And if you haven't done a quick survey of the press, I'm not the only one saying this. I am not the only one saying this. And if you think it impresses, oh, we're not, you know, you guys are not casuals. You guys are hardcore. Really? You think those are the casuals when I look at uh, the cage side seats and I see, you know, Ethan Hawke. I don't even know these celebrities anymore. These guys sitting there, you know, hogging up the air. Fuck those guys. Only people that matter in that whole arena are in the cage and they get paid nothing. Hojo Gain could buy and sell. He could have, he could have, you know, Hojo Gain could have funded, paid the purses of every single person who fought at that fight, and he wouldn't notice it. <laughs> Think about that for a fucking second. Anyway, that's the end of the show. I'm done. There was no care, don't care. I got a, I got a text. Uh, uh, um, yep, yep, yep. Mr. Zach is right. Uh, sorry if you listen on SoundCloud. I'm not going to read his comment because it's it's the end of the end of the show. Um, so, a, uh, let's see. Steph is out. 
So there's no care, don't care on Monday afternoon. Um, there are a couple of big things happening. There's the Oxbow, uh, Oxbow reissue of Let Me Be a Woman, of which there were 43 records less, left. Left. If you follow me on uh, on Twitter, you can find it through Twitter. I talked about it on Instagram and Facebook. If you if you're there as well, still. Also, not to be confused, my other side project, Bunuel, the Italian supergroup with a non-Italian singer, comes out with Killers Like Us. Also, pre-sales are out. Uh, worthwhile record getting profound lore, can, great Canadian sort of experimental metal label put it out. Well worth it. So I'm doing a lot of interviews for for, for both records, um, Bunuel being the bigger one at this point because it's a new record versus a, a reissue. So that's what I'll be doing this week. Monday, you will hear No Care, No Care. Tuesday, you will hear uh, uh, If the Shoes Fit. I don't, I'm not sure whether it's going to be Nate or or, uh, or Nash on there, uh, but it should be it should be good where we talk about the kerfuffles of the day. And I think I want to drill down on this homeless people issue because now, after weeks and weeks of being inundated about homeless people killing civilians, a homeless person was killed yesterday or in a couple of days by uh, a hero of some sort, uh, as Mr. JW, at the end of the show. There you go. Um, so that's a development from last week that's continued. Uh, for the 200th show, I guess the only special celebration thing that we got is this belt. If you don't know what I'm talking about, go back to the show, at the top of the show. Nobody bid on this, so it goes to Count Chocula. Unless that $1,600 guy comes back in and PayPal's me before Monday morning. Otherwise, it goes back to the remain. It goes to the Romanian. Anyway, thanks for listening. We went a little bit over. I know you understand. Um, try not to die. Try not to die between now and and um, Sunday of next week. If you haven't read the Substack, Eugene S. Robinson If you haven't read that, it's on Valentine's Day. Um, if it's, well, it's not, it's about Valentine's day. Uh, um, <clears throat> sorry, I'm choking to death. You should read it. If you, if you're in any kind of relationship, you should read it. It's just my way of saying thank you. And it could help you. Like they say, the shots that you don't see are the ones that hurt. You should be paying attention. Uncle Eugene is just trying to help you. Dr. Robinson is in the house. Anyway, this is V. Uh, a two uh, hundred goose egg. I had a teacher used to say, thanks for listening. I'm your host, Eugene S. Robinson. We'll see you next week. God willing. Until then, do not die. Look what you made me do! Ah! <laughs>